This is Kit Simons and you are listening to the Fulham Focus podcast. They came, they saw, and they conquered. The second tier of English football has rarely seen such stylish teams grace its division, and there's no doubt that both seasons have gone down in Fulham folklore as two of the greatest we've had the privilege of supporting. Shantagana's legends hold a special place in the hearts of all Fulham fans who were lucky enough to have seen them play 21 years ago, and perhaps in a further 21 years' time, Marco Silva's champions will be held with the same esteem. Between them, they amassed 191 points, scored 196 goals, won 57 games and created their own piece of history. Tagana's 101 points make Fulham the first and only English team to reach a century of points for a second time, adding to Keegan's 101 points from two years earlier. Whilst Kearney's thunderous strike at the Putney end in that famous 7-0 win over Luton Town made Fulham the first championship team to score 100 league goals, as well as being the first to make a hat-trick of 7-0 victories in the same season. Both teams reminded us how entertaining the beautiful game can be, and the comparisons between the two will be debated by fans for many years to come. But how do the individuals within those teams compare? Was Mike Taylor a safer pair of hands than Merritt Rodak? Do we dare to compare the kings of the division, Louis Sahar and Alexander Mitrovic? And who would you have in your dugout, Jean Tagana or Marco Silva? Two incredible teams, one combined 11, and who better than Tristan Potterichic to go through it all with me? My name is Daniel Smith, and this is your Fulham Focus podcast. Fulham. Right. Before we go any further, it's time to introduce the man we've assigned the task of helping me decide this combined 11. Not only is he one of the most knowledgeable Fulham fans I know, he's someone who attended every match in the Tagana season and only missed six last season. So he's in a good position to be able to compare the two teams and it's always a pleasure to be in his company, my good mate, Tristan Potrasic. Tris, how you doing? Yeah, good, Dan. You? Yourself? Yeah, yeah, a little bit nervous, not, not going to lie. It's been a long time since I hosted one of these, but uh, there you go. Nowhere to hide now. I can normally hide behind someone else, but um, here we go. Yeah, I think um, I think this is a long time, you know, in the making. Uh, you know, it was quite clear from early on that we was going to be going up uh, in style. Uh, and, and it was obvious that the two champions, both teams entertaining, it, natural to compare the two. And and one way or another, I think they both have their pros and cons. Um, so yeah, but really, obviously, with your knowledge, I'll, I'll lean on you because I was only only about twelve at the time. But between us, we'll I'm sure we can give it a good crack, and and hopefully, people at home, you know, can have their own say, and and you know, hopefully, agree that we do a decent job of it. But um, first of all, you know, love love the two seasons, did you? Brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, they've been. Um... I'd have I'd have both of them probably in my my top five seasons of all time. I think they they've both been 
fantastic. Um, si- si- similar kind of positives and negatives in a lot of ways. The style of football, brilliant. You know, free-flowing, attacking. Um, you know, best side of the division, I think, by country mile, no matter what Graham Souness <laughs> said at the time uh, in, in Tagana case. But, you know, I think that there was also both, both of them just, just tailed away a little bit at the end. And I think the, 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 the Tagana one especially, I think you could probably make an argument that that was, that I feel, was was almost certainly the, the best team to play at, at second-tier level. And I think it's a shame they didn't get the the points record um but you know two amazing seasons and 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 two that you know we're very lucky to have had i mean i've not even written this down as a debate but um this would this would probably make a good poll for for those old enough to be able to compare sean davis's winner at blackburn that moment or mitro getting the record in the in injury time oh, that's, that's, a, that's a good one isn't it it is a good one, yeah. I'm. That's yeah. There's. I'm. I'm fairly decisive with things as well, and as that's one that I, I'd, I'd really struggle to make a call of. I, I said on the on the previous podcast we did actually the review of the season that there was something special about that Mitro goal, not just the record and all all the rest of it coming, but but just something. I, I don't know. Really bizarre about the fact that it was the seventh goal in a seven nil win, and 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 yet everyone celebrated it so crazily. Um, so yeah, I, I don't. I think I think the only thing I'd say is that he he potentially. I mean, we know what happened at Sheffield United, and if he hadn't have done it against Luton, then that game might have been a little bit different in the way we approached it, possibly. So he would have got another chance to do it, whereas the Davis winner was a kind of one moment grab kind of thing. So I'd probably just just edge towards Davis as much as that pain. <laughs> <laughs> literally pains me to say, but I think possibly just shades it for me. Well, we've got a lot to get through, so I'm I'm going to sit on the fence and leave that one for another day. <laughs> I think. Right, well, I know that you can certainly talk for England. I definitely can. Well, you can talk for Serbia and all. but um, So I think some of these will we'll whiz through because in fairness, being kind, some of them are quite straightforward. Others, not so much. So... We'll focus more on the ones that are debatable. Um, and we'll go start off uh, as we do with with goalkeepers. Um, we've agreed on a four four two formation for those listening. I suppose if you um, work your way through the positions, you'll you'll figure out why we've decided not to go over lone striker. I think it's fairly obvious, but uh, we'll get to that at some point. So yeah, we'll start with goalkeeper uh, Mike Taylor. Made forty four appearances, kept eighteen clean sheets. Marit Rodak made 33 and kept 15 clean sheets. And then yeah, you've got Paolo Gazaniga and Marcus Hanneman. I, I don't think we'll get that far. Um, but yeah, so those four between them made the, made the appearances. Fairly obvious, this one, isn't it, Tris? Yeah, it's, it's Taylor, isn't it? It's... Um... As as much as I look, I think Rodak was 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 better last time around. But we're we're, we're looking at the specific seasons. Taylor, for me, one of the unluckiest keepers we probably had at Fulham. In that you know he was more than good enough for the Premier League when we went up, and and it was only the marquee signing of Van der Sar that stopped him kind of being that first choice number one there. But yeah, he was outstanding. I, I the, the the one 
he made one save at Watford in it was the game was nil nil at the time as well and it was a big game obviously because Watford were were, were second and uh, Mooney their their bald striker had a, had a point blank header really it was it was Banks esque the save it was down low um, virtually point blank and Taylor got down and, and and made an amazing save and 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 kind of set the tone for the win and he he was just he was also very commanding in the air which I think. You, you know, certainly at championship level, you you, you need, or it, it definitely helps. So yeah, Taylor, not not even close really for me, and that's not because Rodak's a bad player, but Taylor was superb. I mean, I, I can't remember um, what, how old Taylor was in that season, um, but it felt to me like he he was a lot more experienced than than Rodak is at the moment. It, he was more. Like you said, more commanding, more reliable, more consistent, more more um, assured and decisive in his position, and, and that area was his area. The cross come in, it was his ball. Yeah, you know, he was in he was in control, he was in charge. Whereas Rodak, I think the other team probably feel they can bully him a little bit. Um, he's he's not quite there yet. Um, he has got a promotion under his belt. Well, he's got two now, so I'm not sure he can he can hide behind. Uh, lack of experience for too much longer, but um, yeah, I, I just think he, he, to me he's a championship goalie, a good championship goalie. But Mike Taylor was a class above the division he was in, yeah, just like the rest of his team. Whereas Rodak, I think we got promoted regardless of. Yeah, of I, I, I agree. I, yeah, I don't think there's any any argument from me there. I think I think um, Taylor was late twenties. I'd that see, I would I would have guessed at twenty eight, twenty nine, but I I I don't I haven't got it in front of me, but that that would have been my guess. But I th- I, th- I seem to remember when we signed him a couple of years earlier, he was twenty seven. For some reason, that's in my head, but I I could be wrong. Well, well, um, since you're our guest, um, I'll 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 go first with overruling this one because it seems like we've agreed. So I'll give you a free hit on the next one. Um, that's how we're going to do it. Each position, we'll have a debate, and then um, one of us will get the deciding vote, and we'll come up with uh, hopefully an eleven we pretty much agree on. So yeah, I'll overrule overrule you there. I think you was going for uh, Hanneman, weren't you? <laughs> that's that's, that's <laughs> by the signs of it. Yeah, um, the Sheffield Wednesday and Grimsby cameos where he. Um, Sheffield Wednesday, he let one in straight from a corner and uh, Grimsby won through his legs, didn't it? But, um... Yeah, well, the best thing Hanneman ever did for Fulham was let Neverland's shot slip through his hands in the, the, the away win at Reading in the Great Escape. I think that was his biggest <laughs> contribution to the club, to be fair. <laughs> to be honest with you, I used to sit in the... In the um, sometimes I stood... Well, I always stood in the enclosure, but sometimes I sat in the wooden seats above. And uh, I think I sat close to Hanneman in the stand more than I saw him on the pitch. So <laughs> that just sums it up. Um, but he went on to have a great career with other clubs. So, yeah, not to knock him. But, yeah, Mike, Mike Taylor in goal. Um, I think everyone agree on that. Left back. Right, well, opens up a slightly more. Rufus Brevitt, 39 appearances, all starts. Um, no goals, but seven assists. Um, Anthony Robinson, 36 appearances, 33 starts, two goals and four assists. And Joe Bryan, 15 appearances, 13 starts, no goals, one assist. And I think Joe, after um, 
scoring the famous goals against Brentford at Wembley, I think his fun and career is tailed off. And, uh, you know, without being disrespectful, I don't think he comes into contention for this at all, does he? I d- <laughs> Um, because I'm not a massive fan of Robinson, I'd probably have him closer than Robinson, to be honest. But Brevet, I mean, for me, Brevet is is again, I, I, it doesn't really feel that close to me. I think I think Rufus is a really interesting one because I used to hear it a lot from Fulham fans, and I always used to disagree with 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 those that said it. Whereas, oh, you know, Rufus has stepped up. Rufus has, you know, he's gone up and he's he's, he's done really. Brevet spent a big chunk of his career at a very decent QPR side that kind of were, were, were regularly top 10. They they got into the top six while he was there and he, he he played a lot of games for them in the top flight. And I think, you know, he, he <laughs> we, we were a bit disrespectful to him really sort of thinking of him as this, 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 this trier that, that kept improving under managers. And I think, you know, he did improve he, his, his all round game improved under the Garner, but he was already a, a decent player. And I think um, you then add the, the, the kind of cult hero aspect to it. And, and for me, yeah, Rufus is, um, is, is, is the clear winner of that one. I, I, I also think he was underrated, um, and you've you've said it there. You know, seven assists—that's up there, kind of not far off the likes of Kibano and stuff. This season, he was playing at left back, um, so you know, it, it wasn't like he—he was—he was better than either of the two from this season defensively by a, a, an absolute margin. And actually, attacking-wise, he wasn't—you you, know—he could deliver a ball and he, he could get down that wing, he could overlap. So you know, I think. Brevitz, for me, he's quite often underrated. I think people love him because he was he he was a cult hero. But I actually thought he was a much better player than a lot of people gave him credit for. I think I think my um, what I was guilty of uh, even at a young age then was that I I don't know why, but I always compare the fullbacks on either side, so left back with right back, and being in the same team with Stephen, and I, I feel like. It overshadowed him a little bit, Stephen. He was just a phenomenal player. So I don't think I ever fully appreciated how good uh, Rufus was. But having said that, um, if you look at Anthony Robinson, I don't think he's as bad as people make out, but I, he's certainly not good. Um, and defensively, he's okay, but it, you know, it wouldn't surprise you to see him tripping over the ball. He's quite clumsy. I think he's prone to mistakes, whereas Brevet was really consistent. And going forward, like you said, the seven assists, I mean, although Robinson has upped his game a little bit, his weakness is crossing. And Brevitt had a decent cross on him. So mm. I think I think overall, it's, I think it's a closer debate than the goalie, but only slightly. And I think it's quite straightforward. Rufus goes in there. Are you happy with that? Yeah, I'm happy with that. Centre-backs... And um, we had a little warm up, didn't we, beforehand? And I, I prepped you on, on uh, what I was going to do. Um, so you're you're obviously going to go with Tozin because he was, you know, you you thought he had such a good season. Oh, don't, <laughs> yeah, I regret saying that. Well, um, I mean, look, Andy Melville. You know, I, I think he was a a solid defender. You played 43 games in that season, uh, 42 starts, and Obviously, with Cookie missing half the season and, and Kit coming in, I think you know the, the team 
it, it wasn't as good attacking wise, but the team didn't really fall apart, did it? And he was our captain going into the Premier League for the first couple of years, and more than held his own again, you know, alongside Goma. Um, I know we're not, you know, that's irrelevant because we're talking about the championship uh, or the promotion. But I feel like he's maybe a little bit underappreciated because mm. there was nothing, there was nothing Hollywood about him. He was quite a dull footballer, uh, no pace, you know, very done, done the simple things well. Um, yeah, I'd, 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 I'd slightly disagree that he had no pace. I don't. I mean, he wasn't. He wasn't a racehorse, certainly, but I, he wasn't, you know, it wasn't like he was running in treacle either. He he didn't get regularly rinsed by speedy forwards, Melville. So I, I, I think, yeah, and I, I'd agree with everything you've said there. I think he, apart from the pace thing, <laughs> um, he, he was, you know, I think a bit underappreciated and you're right. I think he held that, that central defence together a bit after Colman got his injury and, um, yeah, he didn't know. I, I, I was like Andy Melville. I thought he was a he was a decent player, and and I, yeah, he'd, he'd get in my team. Well, I mean, as much as I, I love Kit, uh, we've had him on the show a couple of times to actually go through the celebration of this um, famous season. Uh, great bloke, did brilliant when he stepped in, but twenty four appearances. I mean, he really was just covering for the injury of Cookie. I don't think he comes into contention um, when you consider that Tim Ream played all 46 games, only subbed in the whole match. Otherwise, he would have played every minute. Um, Andy Melville, like we said, played 43 games. Tossin played 41. And, and Cookie's just... Well, it's Cookie's Cookie. So, I don't think... I think we can rule out Kit. Um there's just something about Tim Ream for me, and I, and I don't think don't get me wrong. I don't think Tim Ream is a better player than Andy Melville. And I think if you looked at their careers, that would that would stack up. But three promotions to the to the Premier League, you know, a, a hat trick of them, um, and I think he showed he showed leadership in a team that had no leadership. You know, Melville played in a team full of leaders, and and on and off the pitch, I thought Ream did really well um, to, to lead the team alongside Mitrovic. I don't think there was any other leaders, really. Um, and I, I just feel like out of respect for him, I, I feel like he deserves to be there. Um, people would, would argue Tossin was the better player. And, and I think it's a toss of a coin between Reed Re Melville and, and Tossin, to be honest, um, who partners Coleman. But this is my pick. And people aren't going to like it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for Tim. Yeah, I, I don't know you. And I'm forcing, forcing your hand here. I'm not being very kind because I know yeah. you've got to go. And pick I wonder, I wonder what, I wonder why you let me have the free hit earlier. Yeah, yeah, tactics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all out, didn't you? Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I, I don't actually think it is a flip of a coin. I think the defensive unit. For me, especially first half of the season under Tigana was was just as a unit and man for man better than 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 anything we've had this season. And and you're you're absolutely right. There's nothing against Adarabio, nothing against Reem. who both had really good seasons. They've got in the representative teams of the seasons and stuff like that. So they, they they've clearly been very good. But if I was if if all the players were were Playable age, 
and I was picking a team of that squad, then it, the, the the starting eleven for me, I'd have yeah Melville and, and and Coleman. Well, we haven't spoken about Coleman. Uh, unfortunately, I am going to overrule and, and 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 Tim's in there on the left side, so um, I'm assuming you're going to go for Cookie. So we will. Uh, See, that's the other thing. Coleman was left-sided as well. So if you're going with Ream, you've got a very, you've got three, three left, left-footed players in the back four. So oh, that okay. I mean, am, I, am I being, I'm being educated here because I always yes. quickly played on the on the. No, Cole, he, he played, he played some of his career as a left back, didn't he, when he was at Swansea? Did he? Yeah. See, so so when it was Melville and Goma, you're telling me that Melville played on the left. Oh, I'm trying to think now. Where would they have gone? Well, I think they, maybe that's where I'm getting confused because I always thought Goma yeah, played on the No, Go, no, Goma was right-sided, wasn't he? Was he? Yeah, I'm sure he was. Mm. I, I, I feel <laughs> like you're just playing games here because you want to try and get me to change my mind. But anyway, it's, it's a it's a fantasy team, so we don't, you know, sometimes you look at these teams and they end up with four left-backs, you know. And so uh, we'll go with that. I'm going to go with Tim Ring. So we'll talk about Cookie now because I think he stands above all of them. Leadership, um, just quality, and you know, unfortunately, he had his injury. But if it wasn't for that, he would have led us into the Premier League, wouldn't he? Uh, Goma, by the way, was a right-footed centre back. Just looked it up. <laughs> well, okay, all right. Well, you just mugged me off on my own podcast. So thanks very much. But, um, and and Alan Goma actually would make my favourite ever Fulham team alongside Hangeland. But that's a debate for another day. That just shows you how little I knew about him. No, he was a good um, player. So, yeah, he was a good player. He, he played three games, but I, I kind of, you know, would be a bit, bit cheap to put him in there, wouldn't it? Given what these players achieved, so Cookie, yeah, would have left, would have led us into the Premier League, wouldn't he? What a player! Yeah, he was, he was class, Col- Coleman. I think he made, he made it look easy, didn't he? I think we saw that in in the division below. Um, you know, and then I'd, I'll always remember that that cup game against Spurs under Bracewell when he he just took Ginola out of the game, you know, and 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 was absolutely outstanding. I think he was a very good player. Um, so yeah, I I think shame what happened. Obviously, I, and I think that that really coincided with us tailing off. I think two things under Tagana did Coleman's injury and and Fernandez losing the plot and. Obviously, we we stopped playing him sort of midway through the second half of the season. So I think those two things contributed to the slowdown in points and goals. Um, but yeah, he's he's. I don't think you can make an argument for anyone being ahead of Coleman in those those centre back roles. He was he was clearly a, a higher level than that. And and we probably suffered a little bit not being able to have him in the Premier League. We were having to replace a player that had he not had the car crash, we'd have probably had for another couple of years. Yeah, no, hundred percent agree. And and the captain, I think, of this combined eleven. Mm, we'll come on to that because there's one, and I mentioned him earlier on with a very specific example of why that I'd have probably slightly ahead of him. But yeah, I, th- I, th- okay. I, th- I think you summed it up. Team full of leaders, really. That Tagana team they had a lot in there. They certainly did. Yeah. Okay. Well, that takes us on to right back, and well, I mean. I, this is when I'm glad I picked Tim Ream because otherwise it would have started to look silly. You know, this is supposed to be a combined eleven, not a Tagana eleven. And when you're talking about right backs, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I mean, I don't know if this is controversial, but 
it don't matter, don't matter how old you are. I think even if you go back to the days of Jules Cohen, other than Jules Cohen, I think Steve Finn was up there for best right back to play for the club. So I don't think Kenny Tete, with his 20 appearances, uh, two goals, one assist. Dennis Adoy, 18 appearances, one goal, three assists. And Nico Williams, 14 appearances, two goals, two assists. Between the three of them, I don't think they had any chance because they're not Steve Finnan. And, you know, Steve Finnan made 45 appearances, two goals, six assists. I mean, double the assists, any of the others. Just just a class above. It is, it's this for me. Don't matter how good the other three are, and I think they're all good players in their own right. Steve Finnan was just world class. Yeah, I think there's that. Look, there's there's positions here that we can debate a lot on. So I I, I think I'll encourage us to move along here. I can't add anything to that. It, it's an obvious choice. Um, I I don't think you'd have you, you. I think you'd struggle to have someone in our best Premier League eleven above Finnan at right back. So you know if you're you're talking Championship, then even more so. So yeah, I I I won't say anything more on it. A, a clear, a, a possibly the biggest head and shoulders above anyone else um, position in, in the team. But yeah, a clear winner for me there. Yeah, I totally agree. And I don't think that's a criticism of the others in contention. It just, that's just showing how good Stephen was. No, was and, and and it's funny. It's, it's, it's funny. Someone at the start of the season posted something. I can't remember what it was on, whether it was Facebook or Twitter, but so, so, someone posted, oh, you know, Kenny Tete is probably the best right back to ever play in the championship. And, you know, I didn't want to cope the person who posted that and I didn't want to cope Kenny Tete. But my simple reaction was, you, you, you obviously didn't see Steve Finnan then. <laughs> you know, I, I think, yeah, it's, he, he was class, wasn't he? So. I, th- I think actually here, the better debate is when we get onto our seven man bench, who makes the bench out of out of the fullbacks that we haven't picked. I mm. think that's probably a better debate than, you know, this one. But yeah, Finnan all the way. Um, do you want to go left left midfield next? Yeah, so, uh, I, I mean, it's a funny one. And I, I, I really like Fabrice Fernandez. I thought he was a cracking little player. Um well, I, well, I'll tell you the facts here. You got we, I've, I've written down One, three. I've, I've put it down to three. Newskins Cabano made 40 appearances, 31 starts, uh, nine goals, six assists. Uh, Boa made 39 appearances, so one less, but only 21 starts, 18 goals, four assists. And Fabrice Fernandez made 29 appearances, 23 starts, two goals, five assists. And... He was really a first half of the season player. I yeah. actually, to get these assists, because they um, don't exist, uh, well, I couldn't find them on, on the internet. Um, I had to go through and, and find them myself. So I had the privilege of watching the whole season earlier. And what I found from Fernandez was he was never present in the first half of the season. It was really, really important, actually. A lot of, crossing mm. a lot of free kicks, a lot of his assists come from free kicks and corners. Um, and, yeah, he scored a phenomenal goal against um, Northampton in, in the League Cup. Yeah, it's a lovely uh, chip. Doesn't, yeah, it doesn't count. But I think, you know, considering he, he never gets a mention, really, apart from scoring the Man United free kick, that's obviously his um, 
plain to fame for us. But he was brilliant. Yeah, he was class. He was class. He, he ch- I remember Blackburn at home and we were 1-0 down. We went 1-0 down to them both times and 1-2-1. One. 1-0 one down quite early on and he scored one cutting in from the left, drilled it like sort of just laser-like, drilled it. And, and, and that was a cracking goal and turned the game around and, and was an important goal. You know, he was out. I remember him being outstanding against Watford as well. But he he started to get, and it was that typical kind of fit. We used to hear it a lot more, of course, back then. But that typical uh, foreign player in, you know, would go up to Barnsley midweek, go up to Burnley midweek, and he just disappeared. He'd like literally, he'd be the <laughs> stereotype that I don't really think is, you know, that doesn't really exist anymore. But at the time, people used to say it. But the stereotype of that sort of player, he just didn't fancy it in a cold Tuesday night up north. And 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 I, there was a couple of games where he got Clarkey just absolutely ripped into him coming off. Um, and and I think it was the Barnsley one. He he, I think was his last game for us, and he just didn't play for us a, a, again after that. So was I it, think was, the, it, was it not Burnley? Well, no, that was the that was the other time that Clarkey went for him. Um, def, definitely. It was Burnley and Barnsley. It happened, but I, the one I remember was 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 Barnsley seeing him come past the tunnel and 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 Clarky having a real go at him then. But yeah, he did at Burnley as well. <laughs> yeah, because when so, I was when I was watching the um, highlights earlier, I I always remember people saying to me that the Burnley game, you know, that was it because um, we lost the game because of him. And mm. and when when you when I was watching it, the the winning goal for them. Ducks out of a challenge, doesn't fancy yeah. it, and um, proper half-hearted. And um, yeah, I guess that was him. You know, that that was the end of him, which is a shame because I think um, I think he was a good player, and he should have should have been there at the end to to join in with the celebrations. And I don't know, I don't know what happened there, why he was sent back, but yeah. But I, I think he's always going to get the bronze medal in 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 this debate, isn't he? Out of three wide players, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'd have him very close with Cabano, to be honest. I thought he's again. I, I think you know, taking in isolation, what we knew of him, he was. I think he was a better player than Cabano is. Um, and had he had the second half of the season he'd had in the first half, I think he he would have been a a, a clear. Um, clear, clear ahead of Cabana. I think the, the the thing that we've got to bear in mind here as well for context for listeners and stuff is obviously we're going with Boa on the on the left, but actually, you know, you've given his goals and and, and assist stats and stuff like that. But he, he did play up front as a second striker a lot of that a lot of that time. He wasn't actually playing on the wing, so he, and, and in fact, he only really started playing the odd game on the wing. Um, after Fernandez, but even then he was he was still playing up front more. He played in the Premier League up front a few times under under Tigana, um, who of course played a four four two. So it was it was it was much easier to get him in up 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 top. It was either him or Hales rotating around Sahar. So I th- I think Boa will get it for me. I think is is head and shoulders, but. I, He's he's getting that left midfield slot because you've got the problem that we've got up front that obviously we'll come on to a bit later on. But yeah, about Boa for me. I mean, it's again, it's one of those. I think um, Cabano is always going to be a little bit shortchanged, just like any right back that plays for us because mm. he's not Boa. Same same with the Finnan situation. Boa's getting in there because he's Boa Moy, 
Mm. And, that, and that's that's simple as that. He's just... Um, and he was a better player, Bauer. I mean, I know a lot of it was down to pace, um, but it was the intelligence of, of how he used his speed. Um, you know, there's loads of fast players out there. Bubika Kamara was quite fast, but he just it's the, the skill to be able to control your speed and have the brain to catch up with it, you know, in front of goal. And he scored a lot of goals. I'm a bit disappointed he only got four assists, I must admit, um, in a team that scored so many goals. But um, I but think Bala actually got better with age. I think he yeah. become more important as our Premier League journey went on. And as he become more of a senior player, I thought, he, uh, you know, with him and Steed, I think in the end started to carry us. Uh, oh, yeah, but... completely. I, I, I think Boa went backwards when Coleman started playing in central midfield. And I think that that kind of... Yeah, almost when he became captain. Yeah, I think that almost did it for him. But I, I think, yeah, up until that point, I totally agree. But I, I, I think, you know, there, there is a bit of a difference here. And the way I'm, I'd look at it is that, you know, with with Boa... I know he was on loan, but 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 we were always hoping to sign him. But but with Boa, you never felt oh, if Boa's our our you know member of our starting eleven next year in the Premier League, we're in trouble. Whereas you know, can we honestly say that hand in heart with Cabano? I think everyone that I I know and everyone I speak to wants Cabano to be part of the squad next season. But is he? someone that we think we're going to stay up if he's if he's starting most of the games probably not and i think that that there is the fundamental difference between the two that, that you know one of them is 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 a player that was then able to go on and play the rest of his career in the top flight and and the other one's one that's at the back end of his career and probably get a few cameos would you argue that cabano was more important to his team but and, and I think that showed when Bobby Reed replaced him towards the end on the left wing, how, just how much we missed him. But Boa was just a level above, and that's why he's getting in. I, I don't know. I don't know if you can say he was more important because Boa was an important part of that front three. And I think, actually, the way we played, it was quite important to be able to rotate that front three because they all offered slightly different things. So yeah, I I I I don't know. I think um, I don't th- like I, you know my view on Reed. I don't think he's he's he's, he's a a left winger. But I equally I I don't necessarily think that they they were always helped out by you know the player the other side of him you, you know in, in in Robinson and stuff like that as well. So I think it's more complex than 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 that really. Yeah, I I I. I'm not sure. I'm not convinced. I think Boa was a was was a more important part of of that team than than people probably give him credit for. I'm just um, I'm just playing devil's advocate and trying to um, make a balanced <laughs> argument for all generations, mate. Boa is my all time favourite player. So for me, again, it's no contest. But um, bit a bit sorry for Neeskins because I think he he showed me this year that he's got a lot more to his game than I ever thought he did. Uh, and it was nice to see. He's always got a smile on his face. You know, he's been around a long time, never seems to really get a run of games. And it was nice to see him actually play a, an important part in a promotion. Mate, 
mate, the way I'd look at it is over those two squads, we had a lot of very, very good, very enjoyable players to watch. And if he's getting into the, you know, match day squad of 18, which I think he probably will, we'll come on to the subs later, but you know, then he's done all right for me. I think I, I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't feel like he's been shortchanged. No, totally. Well, yeah, hundred percent on that. Okay, so well, this is your your um, call on this one, Bala. So you're stitching me up again now. Yeah, Bala, obviously. Yeah. Well, okay, we're going to the midfield. No, I'm not going to stitch you up again. Um, inv- inv- invite, mean... the ha- invite the half foreigner on and then just stitch him up with the choices. Look, look what's going on. <laughs> outrageous. I mean, right, on to midfield then. And uh, don't worry, I'm not going to stitch you up this time. I'm I'm going to get the obvious one out of the way. And I think there's a lot of options here. You've got Lee Cart, Sean Davis, Harrison Reed, Fabio Carvalho, um, Seri, John Collins, Tom Kearney, Chalabar, Anonymar. That's in order of appearances. Um, Lee Clark's top Lee Clark gets in the team there you go, there's my pick um, watching the highlights earlier what struck me was the amount of, of assists he got phenomenal, mm. 14 assists I mean, I know Harry Wilson holds the, the championship record with 19, but 14 is just, and 7 goals phenomenal from Lee Clark, considering most people associate Tagana's team with the front three, you know, Boa, Hales, Sahar scoring all the goals and, and, and taking all the glory. That's, I mean, 21 goal contributions. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. appearances. Yeah, he offered so much else as well. It wasn't just about that. He's, he, you know, we mentioned it earlier and he's the one that I would say, you know, potentially would, would, would have the leadership off Coleman, I think. Uh, uh, the, the 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 one that I'd always cite with that, and I'm sure a lot of Fulham fans will remember it, and probably thinking of it before I'm even going to say, but that what was probably our best win of the Premier League era at, at Old Trafford, and you know we battered them for 44 minutes, and Forlan not knocks in a, 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 a an injury time first half equaliser, and I'll always remember seeing Clarkey coming off the pitch and just. Going up to every single player at halftime, going out on the set and just telling them to get their chins up, get your chin up, he's like, get your chin up. He's motioning, and they just came out on fire in the second half. And as, as, as everyone knows, we ended up winning three-one. Man United's first home defeat in over a year, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That that to me just summed him up as a leader on the field, whether he was captain or not. And and for me, that's why I'd it, it would be a really tight debate there as to whether you had Coleman or, or or Clark as the captain. But yeah, agree with everything you say. He was a fantastic player, Lee Clark. Really, really good player. Much too much too good for the second tier. Um, you know, and 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 the the fact that we got to have him at the club for what five, six years was 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 fantastic because he was he was a superb player. Um so yeah uh, uh, agree one hundred percent. Um uh, I mean, you know, just just to add to that, I actually thought it'd be controversial um, to say this, but um, but by the sounds of it, you you half agree. Uh, for me, Lee Clark was the best captain of my time supporting Fulham. There was just something about him, and and I don't think anyone else would say that. You've got Coleman, you've got Murphy, um, and uh, but for me, Lee Clark was a leader of men. The passion, oh, yeah, the I can drove us up the pitch. He was box to box. It was just. You you know, watching the again, watching the highlights earlier, the amount of times he drives us forward 
Mm. And, and, and he's that tr- transition from defence to attack. It's just phenomenal. What a player. What a leader. And if you want him to be the captain, I'm all for that. I just thought Coleman was the, the club captain officially that season. Um, but if you wanted Clarkie Clark as captain, I'm all for that. Because, like I said, my time supporting for him, he was the best captain I saw. Yeah, I'd, yeah I'd, 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 I wouldn't disagree with that, mate. All right, well, Ed, um, well, that was my pick, Lee Clark, and it will make him our captain for the for the team. Um, and now you've you've got a uh, you know sport for choice here, really. I think Fabio, as, as good as he was, I think he's going to be a victim of the formation because we've yeah. had to play four four two to fit in somebody else. Um, and had it been four two three one, I don't think it would have been it would have been a no brainer. He would have been in there. Uh, but then you have got Harrison Reed who. I mean, I think he's a brilliant player, and I love him. But I think he's my favourite player in the in the current team. But I think when you look at some of the others, I think he falls short on end product. I think he was he, obviously in an attacking sense, he, he's quite limited, and I think there'd be a, an awful lot of emphasis on Lee Clark in attack if you played Reed there. Shawnee Davis, you know what can you say? Six or six goals, three assists, important goals as well. And I think that that's that's key as well. Something we didn't mention with Boa was getting the goals, gaps promoted as well. But yeah, take, you know, it's, it's it's up to you, mate. You you go through whoever you think. Well, I I I mean, you've named him in those two. I I think there's a there's a few Carvalho. I totally agree. I think you know he doesn't get in unless you're playing with an attacking midfielder. I think Kearney, as much as I I do like Tom, I think um, you know if I'd look at Kearney like this. If John Collins ain't getting in my, my two central midfielders, then then I can't put Kearney in there. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's, and, and, and I think that that says a lot, the fact that someone as, as, as classy as Collins was for us won't get in. So, yeah, uh, Davis... Well, I mean, it's, funny, it's funny you mention them two because actually John made 27 appearances and Tom made 26. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're very similar contributions in that sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think um, I think I think Collins just exudes class, didn't he? For for for, for the club, I think you know Kearney does to a similar extent, and I think has got some of that when he's on. He's got some of that drive as well that you're talking about with Clark, um, or certainly has done. You know when he's been at his best for the club, but yeah, I think Sean Davis for me, and I think that then gives you the balance. I think Tagana like to use him in that. Um, in that team as a as as a kind of bit of a defensive linchpin. He did a lot of the the, the hard yards and the, the breaking up. He was more box to box, I think, really than a defensive midfielder, but he did a lot of the defensive work, um, especially under Tagana. And obvious well, it was famously, you know, he got it was like Tagana Tagana was like, What were you doing up there when he when he got the goal um for Blackburn? But um you know, I just think he complements Clark as well, and that 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 two in midfield works reasonably well. So yeah, Davis for for me on that one. Well, and and, and I think the Blackburn goal just sums them two up. You know, down to ten men for most of the mm. most of the game, um, fighting for our lives. You know, uh, out on their feet, and yet they sniff a, an opportunity in injury time, and it's them two that end up the furthest forward. Clark with the shot that's deflected. For Davis to score, and I, I think you know that just sums the two of them up. 
And I think it's, um, I'd love to have Harrison Reed in there, but I think I do agree. Sean was a better player. Uh, and I think Lee Clark, Sean Davis had a really good balance to it. So, yeah, I'm happy with that. Should we move on to right wing? Yeah. Well, again, I've gone with three here. And and really, you can have Bobby Decker, Bovary, wherever you want. You could put him at left back, right back, centre back. You know, you put him up front, right wing, left wing. Yeah, God knows where you put him, but I don't think he's going to get in wherever you, you, you not, decide. I was going to say, he's not in my, he's not on my bench, mate, let alone in the, in the first 11. Um, well, I mean, he made 41 appearances, 26 starts, eight goals, seven assists. I mean, it's the same goals, assist contribution as Neeskins. So, you know, maybe he's a little bit hard done by, but, you know, he's a squad player. He's not a starter. He's certainly, yeah, I, not, he's certainly I, not going to get into a combat combined 11, is he? I think your problem with, with, with Reed is the jack-of-all-trades thing. I think the same as, like, Chris Baird when he was at the club, you know, was was was, was similar in that they, they always did overall, if you look at it holistically and, and, and groups of games together... They always did, you know, a, a decent enough job for Fulham and, and they were good servants. But actually, you know, play, playing it in a certain position, Baird was a rubbish right back. He could cover there, but he wasn't he wasn't a very good right back. Um and and and, and the same with you, you know, Reed. He'll play, you know, on the left wing, and we just don't look like we we're really gonna do a lot when when he's on the pitch. Um you know, can play off the striker, but can you know, he's not, he's not got a set defined position that he's going to play in all the time. And I think that counts against him, especially, you know, in the context of what we're doing here, obviously. So, yeah. Well, I think what, what also counts against him is the, the players he's up against. I mean, mm. even on the right wing, Bjarni Goldbeck, 44 appearances, 41 starts, seven assists, two goals. And Harry Wilson, who, you know, was an ever-present, uh, 41 present, uh, forty-one appearances in total, but 10 goals, 19 assists, the signing of the season, without doubt. And it's really a, a two-horse race between them two. But I am leaning towards Harry. I think he was more important to the team than I, was. I I think if you're not putting Goldbeck in solely for the chemistry he had with Fidden, which I think is valid, then, then yeah, Wilson by, but not not even close by country mark. I always felt that despite that that telepathy between um, Goldbeck and and Finnan, I always felt Goldbeck's kind of goal contribution was 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 actually really poor. Generally, I don't think he got anywhere near enough for the type of player and the quality he had. He would he had a very good set piece delivery, both free kicks and corners. I think you know. He could certainly cross the ball. He had a reasonable shot on him. So, you know, six, seven assists and a couple of goals in a in a free-scoring team that's winning loads and loads isn't enough for me. And I'd say the same, you know, the, the bit he played in the Premier League, and I'd say the same, you know, when he was at the club under Bracewell, although, you know, most players underperformed under Bracewell. But I think, you know, that that's fundamentally the, the difference for me is I think Wilson's, you know, 30, 30-odd, um, goal contributions and and has, has been outstanding and, and and obviously is at the other end of his career really to Goldbeck who we had right at the back end so yeah I I, I don't think it's that actually 
is it the first one I'd say? Yeah, the first one towards Silver and Silver's team that I would say isn't particularly close. I think Wilson gets in quite quite comfortably. Unless you're you're saying no, you want somebody who, who's got that link with Finn, and then then I think there's an argument. But I'm not doing that. So yeah, we'll go go Wilson for me. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I think with Biani, um, obviously, I, I've had the pleasure of interviewing him as well, and he's a very intelligent man, um, very passionate about playing the kind of football that Tigana played, very passionate about high standards. And uh, I think, you know, his comparison between Bracewell and Tigana was, with the training was, it was very clear that he preferred Tigana. He, he was mm. like, he wanted everything to be top level. And he'd obviously spent the whole of his career that way. So if we, if we was comparing com- careers, then they're worlds apart because Biani spent most of his career in the, well, Chelsea in the Premiership or in the Bundesliga. But if we're focusing solely on the championship and that promotion, then yeah, I agree with you. I don't think he's close. I think Harry's contribution was far more important. Okay, so that takes us on to strikers. I wonder what we're going to do here, eh? <laughs> Two more positions. Good old Barry Hales. I think, um, I think, how unlucky can you be? Because he would have had, if we was going 4 4 2. He would have had a sniff, you know. It probably would have been Bauer and Sahar up front, but he would have had a chance with his 35 appearances, 18 goals, six assists. I mean, a brilliant player. You know, one that I think he loves his football. You can see he loves football. He's still bloody playing. And I think he made the most of his talent, but I, he still was a good player in his own right, more than held his own. I think was one of the players that benefited from playing for Tigano. I think, you know, that level of coaching and fitness, I think, brought his game on. Uh, but he's he's just not Sahara or Mitro, is he? And I, I think this is fairly easy. I don't think we need to dwell on it. Mitro and Sahara, the kings of the division for me. Um, and I don't think... I think we've had the, the privilege of having the two best strikers to ever play in this division. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I, I I'm going to quote this one because I, I pulled this one out earlier. This because, <laughs> but in response to the uh, player of the season vote, actually, where um, we, we were kind of wondering how 25% of the the voters hadn't voted for Mitrovic. <laughs> like, it's obviously a massive landslide that he won it, but thinking like, what, what, what did he have to do to have won it for the other 20, 25 or percent of people and so I, I I sort of work this out, and it's um like so, so, so sort of bear with me. If 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 you basically go back in time and you assume that every club, every season, has 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 only has eleven players playing for it, and that's the that's the number you use. So assume that's the case. We know it's not. We know every club plays more than eleven, but just assume that's the case. There's been seventy one thousand. 852 opportunities. Um, so each club in each professional league, each player, uh, outfield player, sorry, um, since someone scored more than 43 goals in the in- English league in 1956, one person's done it. So, so, so you've literally got odds of kind of 72,000 to one 
that you that that, that someone will do that, and Mitrovic has done it. And, and I think that you know, if you look at it in that context, seventy-two thousand players have had the opportunity, and, and 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 none have done it apart from Mitrovic. I think that says it all. I think you know we we witnessed something that it's unlikely anyone in our lifetime is going to see. Not not a Fulham player, but any player doing England again um, in, in our lifetimes. That's, it's, that's quite a strong possibility that's the case. You know, that's, <laughs> I, I, I still don't think, I know it did get a lot of press, but I still don't think people have quite grasped or comprehended quite how incredible that that was last season that, that, that we saw. So, yeah, I, I, I think definitely with Mitrovic, and we all know the, the talent, Sahar had and how he could absolutely terrorise and terrify defences um, when he was on as well. So, yeah, agreed. I, I look, love you, Barry. Um, one of my favourite play, Fulham players of all time, but you, you, you're not getting in ahead of those two. Well, I mean, yeah, we, we, it was obvious. And I didn't think I would ever see an individual contribution to a season better than Sahar. I thought he was phenomenal. I think he's still the best player I've ever seen play for Fulham. All-round player. I think he was the most talented. Uh, and I still think he's a better player than Mitrovic. But comparing the two seasons, I mean, what you've just said, yeah, I think it, Mitro's exceeding anything I ever ex- thought I could see uh, at any level. I mean, 43 goals. 43. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's it, just... It, it's, it's- it's ridiculous, and I, th- I, th- I think the thing is here as well, and 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 it's really important. And I agree with that. I think Sahar clearly had the high threshold. I think he's the more naturally talented player. Although I still think, again, Mitrovic is underrated in that respect. But I think Sahar's, you know, you'd be be silly not to say that because he did have everything. Whereas Mitrovic has got one or two things he's not not quite so strong on. But you, you know, when when you look at what we've just done. And 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 we we're fairly universal that eight or nine of 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 the best eleven from the, the the two would come from the Tigana team, you know that suggests that Sahar had much better players or not much better but better players supplying him as well, you know. So you if you if you if you put that into the balance, I think it makes it even more extreme. And yeah, I'd agree. I think you know if if you were going to go. Let, let's say, you know, the, the silver formation rather than the Tagana 4-4-2 that we've chosen and you had to pick one of the two based purely on the, the championship promotion campaigns, I'd have to pick Mitrovic. And that is ridiculous that I wouldn't be picking Sahar. But yeah. how, how can you not pick someone that scored, what, was it 16 more league goals than Sahar? Sahar got 27, yeah. didn't he? Well, I'll, I'll read you the, the, the stats to compare. And, it, and I think it just backs up your argument. It, it really does make Sahars look ordinary. Um, Mitrovic scored 43 goals. Sahar scored 27. Mitro scored three hat-tricks. Sahar scored one. But in that, Sahar scored eight penalties and, and still only scored 27. You know, Mitro scored five penalties and missed one. But... But eight penalties, you know, that, that means he scored 19 from open play. Yeah, well, Mitchell scored 43. 30, yeah, so I mean, it really 30, does. It's double, double, isn't it? Double the goals. Yeah. From and I think, you know, it's not to knock Sahar, but I think it really does demonstrate how phenomenal Mitro's numbers are there. 
And I, 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 think... I, I don't think you've got a choice. Even if you aren't a big fan of Mitchell, and I'm sure some Fulham fans probably don't think he's as good a player as others. But, uh, but you know, you just can't argue with that. You can't, you can't argue with that unless you you want it to lie to yourself. Mm. Those numbers speak for themselves. The best contribution, he has to be in there. And then I agree with you. If it was a one up front, it would have to be him. But luckily, we've been blessed with having two phenomenal strikers, the the kings of the second tier, and what a strike force that is for a combined eleven. Unplayable. Yeah. What want to be a centre back against them? No, there's goals in there, and and, and actually, you know, I, we've we've spoken about it a lot, Dan, and um, and and anyone that knows me uh, say, you know, I've watched Mitrovic a long time, and I've never really seen him play well in a two. But actually, Sahar's someone I could see him playing quite well with because I think they they, I think you play Mitrovic almost as a number ten. You you play him deeper, and Sahar would be there, kind of winning the winning the knock-ons and playing on the shoulder of the defender. And I think they they'd be very effective as a two. Funnily enough. Probably not now because Sahar's like 45, but you get my point. Right. Well, if you're listening to this podcast in three, you know, 2025, 20, you probably are expecting a bench to have about 100 on it, uh, the way things are going. But um, <laughs> we're going to go with seven and we're just literally going to go back and forth now uh, with players that uh, we haven't mentioned yet so or haven't made a team. Right, just go through start. that starting 11. That starting 11, just to remind you, is... Mike Taylor, Ruth Brevitt, Tim Ream, Chris Coleman, Steve Finnan, Balmore, Lee Clark, Sean Davis, Harry Wilson, Alexander Mitrovic, and Louis Sahar. Lee Clark as the captain. You can go first with the subs if you want, mate, or I'll go first, whatever. I don't want you to think that I'm ripping you off here. Well, I don't want it's, it's like it doesn't matter because whoever goes first gets the keeper, and that's an obvious one anyway, right? right? And then it's well, I'll go first, then you know, since you're the guest, um, it's got to be Rodak. All right, yeah, right. I am going to go for well, as you stitched him up, Andy Melville's. <laughs> I, had a feeling, I had a feeling you'd go with that, so I've got a choice of a backup fullback. Well, I think. I think he, because he'd come in January, his appearances probably don't do him justice. And he can play on both sides. So I, I think Nico Williams is a good chat. I think I'd go for Nico Williams as backup fullback. Okay. Right, midfield. Right, so midfield, uh, John Collins. There you go. You can, oh, I've got uh, Fabio in there. I think you need, you need an option fine. like that. You can have you can have Fabio, mate. That's your that's your pick, isn't it? All right, happy days. Go on, M. Striker, easy one. Barry. Barry. So I've yeah. got a pick between Fabrice, Neeskins, Biani. I think got to be Cabana. Oh, well, you, you you could you could throw in like Riedler or someone if you really want. <laughs> nah, nah. I, I think I think it's got to be Cabana, isn't it? Um, yeah. yeah. You know See, that, mean? Was that was easy. That was easy, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, pretty straightforward. I'm happy with I, that. I think the the only one really that I could honestly feel sorry for a little bit is Fernandez, based on the first half of the season, um, and possibly, possibly Robinson. Just 
you know, because I feel, because he's a bit like a lost puppy sometimes and he's sort of chasing around after the ball. So I, 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 I want to feel sorry for Anthony. So we'll, we'll do that. Well, uh, well, one word answer here, um, just because I feel like we have to cover the whole squad and you just mentioned Riedler. We're going to do fringe player of the season and this is anyone that made between 10 and 20 appearances who didn't realistically have any chance of, of making the first 11. So... You one 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 word answer, no reason, just do whatever your gut tells you. Uh, I'll take Nico Williams out because he's actually made our bench. Uh, mm-hmm. you got these are your options you've got Gazaniga, Tete, Adoy, Brian, Paul Trollope, Chalaba, Onoma, Andre Stolchers, Carl Heinz Riedler, and we'll throw in Muniz because he ended up with about 25 appearances, but. Most of them were about two minutes off the bench. So, oh, who's God. your fringe player of the season? Do you, know, do you know what? It's not a great list, really, is it? Um, <coughs> I probably... Joe probably didn't do enough. I, 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 I think he's the one I'd like to pick. But I don't... What about, what about Dennis? Yeah, do you know what? That's not a bad shout. Yeah, I think let's, I think let's give it to Dennis. I think everyone's a winner now, and and I think that's what a, what a wonderful way to um to end his his career at Fulham to make yeah. it as the fringe player in yeah, our podcast. I'd, I'd, well, it's probably the highlight of his career. Forget the three promotions, you know, getting. Yeah, I mean, he's somewhere on on um on a crossbar right now. Celebrating get, that, get, sure. getting named as a player who didn't actually make the the, the, the squad of eighteen, <laughs> yeah. but got, got a little mention at the end. Uh, to, to be honest, if, if if we didn't have the minimum of ten appearances, I'd have gone for Alan Nielsen just because of the absolutely outstanding job he did in his one appearance at Blackburn. And he he was, ended up with three sub appearances. No, uh, start, he, was, so that, that must it, that, it, they must have all been towards the end. I think. Yeah, yeah but, I, I think realistically that falls short, doesn't it? You know, I think if we had that road, we would have had about hundred people to pick from. It right. does. I, I think the one thing I'd say with Nielsen is just that, like that, just showed how good that squad was. That you could have someone who hadn't played a minute of football all season coming in such a big game and play so well. <laughs> okay, I, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll say. Um, I think I think it, it, you know in them days there was less rotation as well. So if the first choices were fit, they played end of. So yeah. anyway, um, I think this is overrun. So I'll let you have the final word. Who's leading this team, Marco Silva or John Tigana? We know they're both brilliant. We love them both. But if you had to pick, who are we going with? Um, for me, it's got to be, you know, my favourite, uh, favourite or second favourite. I, I, I get confused between him and Hodgson, but my favourite or second favourite Fulham manager, the uh, the the wonderful Tigana's blower on me, Tigana's blower on me. Yeah, it's got to be John Tigana for me. Yeah. Uh, um, well, best best manager for me as well. I think he is the, you know, all these managers, they come slav. Silva, they come with a phenomenal brand of football, but for me, Tagana will always be that. He was the original, mate. He, he was the original. He's he's the master of total football. So, and and, note, and plus, Silva kept playing Reed at the end of the season. So you know that that killed him for me. Deckard over Reed, I mean, not Harrison. <laughs> we love Bobby Deckard over Reed on this podcast. Absolutely All right. Okay, well that um, just sums. That sums it up. Um, thanks to Tristan. 
for joining me. Hope you enjoyed that at home. Don't know if you agree or not. You can let us know on social media. Um, and we're going to take a little well-deserved break now. I think the boys will be back soon with uh, a couple of uh, Transfer Window podcasts and hopefully we get a few over the line soon. Looking forward to next season. We'll see you then. Cheers.